We grow and learn things that we have never seen before in the Word. And everyone said, Amen. I like in, in Psalms 118, it says, verse 24, This is the day which the Lord brought about. We shall rejoice in it. And then, the, of course, this is the day the Lord hath made. We will rejoice in it and be glad. And then it says in verse 25, Save now, I beseech thee, O Lord, O Lord, I beseech you, send now prosperity. Thank God we have a nation that is in deep debt, but that doesn't mean that we believers have to be. Amen? Glory to God. I'm believing for each one of you. One of my favorite scriptures, if I write you something, it will be on it, and it's 3 John 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and you be in health as your soul prospers. Amen? Okay, we are, we've been in Genesis 24:21, and we know that Abraham sent his servant to get a wife for his son Isaac. He didn't want Isaac to marry any of the Canaanites, so he wanted him to get a wife from his former country. And so we know that Eleazar was sent forth. And as I was reading up on this today, everywhere he went on his journey, he prayed through the whole way. And so we need to learn how to continually be in pray, prayer through everything that we go through. You know, if we're in prayer, we won't be murmuring, complaining. We won't be thinking back on, on negative things. I love where Paul said, one thing I do, forgetting the past and pressing on to the mark of high calling. One thing that I've learned we have to do is forget that past because that past will try to overtake us continually. And we're, we're not in the past anymore. We're in our future. <laughs> Hallelujah. God said that, that it, it will be great. The, the end is going to be better than the beginning. So thank the Lord. Okay, so we um, remember in Genesis twenty four thirty three in the NIV, he, he said, I will not eat until I have told you what I have to say. And he focused, if you are going to reach your goals in this life, sometimes there will be delays and we will have to do tough things instead of pleasurable things. How many have ever gone through tough times? Am I the only one? I could tell you some wild stories. And that's since I've been a Christian and that's been since I've been pastoring. And so, um, but God always brought me through to the other side. One thing he does, no matter what the enemy tries to throw or what we get ourselves into many times, God always, if we'll turn to him and seek his face, he will always turn things around. So let's look at Ecclesiastic. So we need to, the next one is Enlist Team Support. And Ecclesiastics 4.12. And it's probably yours pages are going to be a little sticky in there. So I don't think that's a book we all read real often. <laughs> Pastor's telling me that it's after Proverbs. <laughs> I hope I knew that. <laughs> okay. All right. We can laugh. I've shared how we had to, when we were in Bible school, we had to memorize the books of the Bible. I think everybody should. And then we had to take a test on it. And that was Brother Hagen that did that. I thought, 
are you kidding? And um, he said, you know, and that is true. If you don't know where the books in the Bible are, you're constantly going to be going to the front. How many have ever done that? I've done that before sitting right up here. Mike's got both hands going up in the air. And don't get those little tabs, Bibles with tabs, because they just wear out. Okay, Ecclesiastic 4.12. Thank you, Jesus. And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him, and, and threefold cord is not quickly broken. I'm going to read it. One person standing alone is easily attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. This is out in the NIV, or New Living Testament, I'm sorry. One person standing alone is easily attacked and two, but, and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three people are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. And so, you know, thank God we've got God leading us and, and surely, let's turn to Psalm 23. I love that psalm. How many at night, I read my Bible every night before I go to bed and, you know, that's not the only time I read it, but sometimes you're so tired and, um, you just kind of, you know, you're falling asleep. And I'll go to the 23rd Psalm. I'm telling secrets on myself. You've already read for the day and you're just ready to just drop. But you know, I want to get the word in me in prayer before I ever go to sleep. And so the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Or I shall not lack. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of the Lord, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So we need our, we know the shepherd is leading us and goodness and mercy are following us continually. So if you want to go fast, go by yourself. If you want to go far, go with others. Speedy decisions are important, but it's more important to make the right decision. How many know that? I know every one of us in this room have probably made wrong decisions in our lifetime. And we don't have to make one more wrong decision. If we stand on the word, his word, we walk with his word, we pray, pray his word. We don't ever have to make one wrong decision. It says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Sometimes we just have to wait. Sometimes we're put in a place where we need to wait on God. And we don't, we don't like that. You know, that's, I mean, we love it if we've decided to do this but when we're placed in that position we want we want out but God's saying wait a minute just be still and know that I'm God and let me reveal some things to you where your future will be different so praise the Lord so success success is never a one-man job it takes teamwork 
There are some things in life that will never, will, we, you will never be able to change without support, prayers, and encouragement of others. You've got to have the encouragement, the support, and prayers of others. I mean, there are people all over this world right now, in America right now, that need the support of others and the prayers of others desperately. And that's why we need to be praying continually all the time. That's why praying in tongues to me is so important because I can run out of words pretty fast, but when I pray in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, the Spirit prayeth through me and He knows the body frailties and mind weaknesses, not only that I'm going through, but others are going through that I'm interceding for. So I, you must pay the price. I don't know what number I'm on. I was doing numbers and Pastor was doing letters here. So there's a price to pay. How many know that? To get where you're going, there's a price to pay. And the only thing free in this world is salvation from God through Jesus Christ. It's free. It's been given. That is the greatest gift that was ever given to mankind. God's Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, paid the price for us. He paved the way. Having spoiled principalities and powers, he made it to show of them, openly triumphing over them in it, to make us more than conquerors through Christ Jesus, to give us back what, the, what Adam had given away. And we need to realize who we are in Christ and who he is in us. When we, when we realize that, when that really comes, becomes revelation knowledge, everything starts to change because we get a different attitude, a completely different attitude. And when we keep studying the word and taking the word and replacing it for every single thought that comes that's contrary to God's word. And it, like I said, that's not going to be easy to do. And people, you're going to want to lax off. You know, 2 Corinthians 10.5, that scripture got me out of a mess. My, my mind when I got saved was a stinking mess. You know, your spirit gets saved, but your mind has got to be renewed by the word of God. And that is the scripture that got me out. That in 1 John 1.9. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians 10.5 a minute. You say, we turn there all the time. That's good. Can you tell me that you're taking every thought captive? The day when the Lord says we've all done that, then we won't need to hear this scripture, will we? 10.5. Well, let's look at 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, mighty, of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. Casting down imaginations. In other words, you throw down these imaginations and reasonings in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Well, we've got to bring every thought to the obedience of the word. So, this, this scripture alone, I will tell you honestly, when I was first a Christian, literally kept me on, kept me normal until I was able 
to get rid of all the trash that was running around in my mind. Like a, I felt like a hamster in a, in a cage running around one of those wheels they run around with because of the junk that I'd put in, in myself before I was saved. You know, I, I look at kids today that have not put that in and yet they want to go in, out and they want to try the things of the world. Why pollute yourself with the, with the things of the world? All it's going to do is, is get you disappointed to where you're going to be standing on 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5 and constantly. And I thank God for that scripture. So you must... There's, there's a price to pay. Eleazar had to pay a price to get Rebecca to come back with him to marry Isaac in Genesis 24, 53. And let's turn there. This whole chapter is worth, has so much in it. You have a blessed one. See you Sunday. I believe it's sold. Praise God. Father, I just pray in the name of Jesus that is our cells tonight and that he'll be able to get that man. Hallelujah. Okay, Genesis 24, 53. And the servant brought out jewels of silver, jewels of gold and garments, and gave them to Rebekah, he also gave precious things to her brother and her mother. Uh, let's, let's go up a little bit. You know, what was she worth? What was she worth to Abraham? What did I, you know, Abraham sends Eleazar out there and he sent him fully prepared with gifts. That's how God is, you know? And I mean, look at this. Um, Let's look at verse 50. Then Laban, that's 49. And now if you will deal kindly and truly with my master, showing faithfulness to him, tell me, and if not, tell me, that I may turn to the right or to the left. But Laban and Bethuel answered, The thing comes forth from the Lord. We cannot speak bad or good to you. Rebecca is before you. Take her and go, and let her be the wife of your master's son, as the Lord hath said. And when Abraham's servant heard the words, he bowed himself to the ground before the Lord. And the servants brought out jewels of silver, jewels of gold, and garments, and gave them to Rebekah. He also gave precious things to her brother and mother. Then they ate and drank, he and the men who were with him, and stayed there all night. And in the morning they arose and said, Send me away to my master. But Rebecca's brother and mother said, Let the girl stay with us a few days, at least ten, then she may go. But the servant said to them, Do not hinder and delay me, seeing that seeing the Lord has caused me to go prosperously on my way. Send me away that I may go to my master. And they said, We will call the girl and ask her what is her desire. And so they called Rebecca and she said, Will you go with this man? And she said, I will go. So they sent away Rebecca, their sister, and her nurse, Deborah, with a, and Abram's servant on his, and his men. And they blessed Rebecca and said to her, You are our sister. You, may you become the mother of 
thousands and ten thousands and let your prosperity possess the gate of their enemies and Rebekah and her maids arose and followed the man upon their camels thus the servant took Rebekah and went his way now Isaac had returned from going to the well and I'm not even going to pronounce this I'll give it a try beer beer halalai roy and well a well in the living one a well to the living one who sees me and now he dwelt in the south country the Negev and Isaac went out to meditate and bowed down in prayer in an open country in that evening and he looked up and saw that behold the camels were coming and Rebekah looked up and when she saw Isaac she dismounted from her camel and she, for she had said to the servant who is that man walking across the field to meet us? And the servant had said to her, He is my master. So she took a veil and concealed herself with it. And the servant told Isaac everything that he had done. This is a real love story, I'll tell you. And Isaac brought her into his mother Sarah's tent and took Rebekah, and she became his wife, and he loved her. Thus Isaac was comforted comforted after his mother's death. So he was, he was a mama's boy. How many know that? Well, he was. That's, that is what she had. He was what she was waiting for all her life. And he was, he was comforted by his wife. Every man should be comforted by their wife. You I mean, that sounded bad, but he was. He loved his mom. She loved him. She'd waited years for him. And so he, you know, I could just imagine the gold and the silver and the articles of clothing that came with these servants and their camels. That's why when she went out, there had to be a lot of cam camels if there were servants and all this stuff on it. That Rebecca went and took that thing, pot or whatever that she was using, and she had to keep filling it and giving water to those camels. What would I say the other day? How many gallons do they drink? 30 to 40 gallons. I mean, they were sucking out the well. I mean, it wasn't any short time it took her. You know, and, and talk about kindness. How many of you women would go out there and fill a bunch of camel's water for, for a stranger? That's how we're supposed to be to strangers. I don't think, maybe, but I don't think all the gold, silver, and garments were hanging off the sides. I mean, so what will it cost? And these are questions. Your, this goal, these goals you have. What, what is it going to cost? What am I willing to give to get it? And is it worth it? These three things. What will it cost? You know, when we went and dedicate ourselves completely to the ministry, full-time ministry, and we wrote that covenant before God, I'll tell you, we went before God and we knew there was a price to pay, but we, the two of us, went and made a covenant with God. And 
we knew what it was going to cost, everything, everything. Um, were we willing to give it? Yes. Was it worth it? Yes. Now, sometimes I have to tell you, there's times when, when the enemy will come in and try to tell you, was it really worth all that? You know, yes, it has been. When I think about the ministries that this church supports and the people that have come and, and received healing and deliverance and receive it through the missionaries, yes, it's all been worth it. You know, we might look small, but we're not small when it comes to the monies and the finances and the people that we're supporting out there. And so, praise God, yes, it, it costs a lot. Was I willing to give it? Yes. And was it worth it? Yes. And we, we, we had to make that, made, make that decision and make that choice. We both had to be in agreement. It was not my original idea, I will tell you. The pastor just came to me and said, I'm going to Rhema and we are moving. And we already had ministries there. And I was going out preaching a lot. And he said, we're moving. That wasn't, do, would you like to? I didn't have that that decision there but it it was we'd already dedicated our lives so you know it's, it's not always going to be easy what God calls you to do but you do it mark 8:36 you do it because you want to you want his best and when we came the first year it was the pits and I'll never forget that prophecy Jerry Seville had when he said, there's a pastor here. It was in Oxnard. And all our friends down there and the ones from up here turned and stared at us. And I'm like, great. But it was the truth. And um, he just read our mail. And I was like, Lord. And it was good. But he said that people had devised a plan against you. And everything that the that one of our professors had spoken and prophesied about this place, there's giants there and they're not going to like you, had gone, was true the first year. And there's no sense going over, it's already a done deal. But it was the truth. And then Jerry Seville came up and spoke what he had to say. He spoke about what had taken place. He spoke about what would take place. And I was like, you know, you could, we've already decided to leave this place. Are you kidding? We're going to you want us to stay here and um, he said I'll, I, I will rebuild that church and he, he did because let me tell you we had put almost all of our house money I think we had $48,000 that we brought to Santa Maria with us and we put almost all that money into the first church and you know you, you sit and you you watch it um, pastor couldn't get a job and you watch that and there's you know the enemy tries to really mess with your mind through these things and yes to just say God I gave it to you back then when what will the what will it cost and well is it well am I willing to give it and is it worth it but praise God God knows mark 836 But what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? That's a good one. 
For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his life in the eternal kingdom of God? So the greatest use of our life is to invest it in something that will outlast, Jesus said. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world yet forfeit his soul? Count the cost before you begin working on your goal. We need to count the cost. And if you have things that goals and things that you've written on written years ago, pull them out. Pull pull them out and look at them and say, God, you gave this to me. I'm bringing it before you and I you gave it to me, and if it was from God, you can remember. You might not know the date, but you can remember exactly what he said. Thank God I'm a journal person, and I journal things down. But you'll remember what, you, what, what was said, and you can always go back to that and the scriptures that he gave you, no matter what. And trust me, the enemy will try to take it from you. Um, Genesis 24-7. Count the cost before you begin working on your goal. I think about one of our friends we went to Ramah with, and and, um, I don't know what happened. I couldn't tell you, but he knew that God was sending him to, um, oh gosh, Dean Potts, honey, where was it? Indonesia. And I'll tell you, he had his whole vision written out on Puji Tuhan was what he was naming it. And he had the whole thing written out. And uh, something happened there. And he came back and, and came back to the States and passed away, which was really sad. I'm, sh- you know, the Muslims were coming just Flocking into that country, and I can imagine what they were going through. And I don't know, I couldn't tell you what happened. I know that John G. Lake in his book talks about how many have ever read his book, and it's powerful. Talks about when he was in Africa, and all the people from the States got extremely jealous of the things that were happening in Africa. How many remember that? I'll never forget reading that. I think we were in Hawaii when I read that book and just wept. In the one morning, I sat there just reading it and how they quit sending money and they kept, you know, so they could buy food and things. And he went out on he went out into the mission, you know, out into the way out there in the boonies, and um, they need, came to his home. And they needed, they needed food, the natives did. And she gave her food to feed them. And when he came back, she had died. And he talks of how many remember reading? I remember just weeping. And he wasn't bitter. You know, anybody else, I mean, it would easy, be easy to become bitter. He wasn't bitter. I talked to his kids. I heard his daughter and her husband talk. And um, she was there, and, and just the price that they paid for the ministry to see God move in the miraculous, the supernatural miraculous, and there's a price to pay for that. And 
I thank God for the people that God has sent here because we're, we're waiting for the anointing to hit the, in a way that people have never seen before. And those that know the word and know how to minister to God, those are the, God will come in the midst of those that, that know what to do under the anointing and because they put the word in them. And so in Genesis 24, 7 again, the Lord thy God of heaven, who took me from my father's house, from the land of my family and my birth, who spoke to me and swore to me saying, to your offspring, I will give this land and he will send his angel before you and you will take a wife from there for my son. You know, Israel is on their land and Everyone, everyone wants to take that from them. This little piece of land. <laughs> they want it. And they want to kill them all for it. And that's their land. God's given them that land. Nobody's going to take that land from them. <laughs> and it's amazing to me how God has his promises. And God, ask God, we need to ask him, help us, God, to, to accomplish your goals for my life. Um, Hebrews 4.16, as we turn there, you know, I had the goals that God, some of them that God had shown us last week, and I didn't get to them, and I put them somewhere where I would not lose them. And I was going to bring them tonight, but I didn't. So I guess it's for another day. Come on, Hebrews. Okay. I'm going to have to get a new Bible pretty soon. Hebrews 4.16. You ready? Let us therefore... Come boldly under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in the time of need. Let us then fearlessly and confidently and boldly draw near to the throne of grace, the throne of God's unmerited favor to us sinners, that we may receive mercy for our failures and find grace to, to help in good time for every need, appropriate help and well-timed help coming just when we need it. Now read, let's look at this in the Amplified. Receive mercy for our failures and find grace to help in good time for every need, appropriate help and well-timed help coming just when we need it. So God is sending what we need just when we need it. This country needs help and they need it now and there he is sending he has a person that he wants to put in office and the Christians have got to get out there and pray. Pray hard. We're going to start seeing some big things take place that we're going to go, whoa, because there are people that are doing things that God's just going to take them out or allow them to be taken out however you want to put it. And it'll be amazing to watch. Come against Israel in this hour. God's not going to mess with it. And hes I really believe he's just about had enough. I really do. It's just, just about coming to that place. So we're going to...
we, we're coming to God, boldly drawing to the throne of grace for our country. I mean, just for our country alone. And to help in a good time for every need, appropriate help and well-timed help coming just when we need it. I think of the children of Israel. It must be getting cold out there because I'm getting cold. Think of the children of Israel. They got, they, didn't, they got tired of the manna. Send us some, well, at least they had food to eat. You know, a lot of people are buying up, stocking up food. I mean, just stock. You ever looked at that food? I was watching a Christian TV program one time, and they were selling this food. Who would eat it? But stock it up, at least for those that are here after the rapture. They'll have something to eat if they know where to go. First place I would go to is some Christian's house. Start checking stuff out there. But where am I? <laughs> okay. We see that appropriate help and well-timed help coming just when we need it. Well, right now, the body of Christ is, crawling, is crying out, and it's, it is on its way. The children of Israel are crying out. We need something more to eat, and all these quail fell. Now, imagine all those quail falling. I've always thought of this. And never, if you had that much falling, God's hand was on angels or whatever. Every one of those quail or it could have, you know, hailstones can kill people. Quail falling out here, that's really something. I mean, he gives you whatever you need. Um, as we study Genesis 24, we see Eleazar, Eleazar prayed during his entire mission there. He constantly prayed. We need to ask ourselves, are we in constant prayer? Are we in constant prayer? You know, on your way to work, what else is there to do when you're stuck in traffic? And it's starting to look like L.A. Pray. You got a choice. Sit and murmur and complain about it. I think I'm mad every day. <laughs> How long it takes him to get home every, and get to work. What do you do, honey? I do my devotions and my confessions on the way to work. I mean, that's a time, whatever, whenever you're out there, if I get at a stoplight, I pray for the people that are crossing the crosswalks. They need Jesus, you know? There's a lot to pray about. All you got to do, where were we the other day where we were just sitting and watching people? Pardon? I did not ran them over on the bike. <laughs> that guy, that was years ago. You still remember that like it's yesterday. <laughs> he said, and what he's saying is I should have been praying when I ran some, some um, Hispanic person over on his bike. He was in the wrong. I don't care what pastor says. <laughs> pastor was a backseat driver. And he, because it was the time you guys, think how long he can remember this thing. That's when he got smacked in the leg. Were you there, Dan? by the ball or something. It wasn't the guys. One of the guys hit me. No, they didn't. It was when he was all bad. Terry was in the car. Watch out. I mean, if you ever drive with pastor, oh my gosh, it'll make you nervous. 
that kind of stuff. He has a break in his in the passenger thing. <laughs> but the guy said the guy had ear things in his ear and he came up like you hurt my bike. And I'm like I got 20 bucks. You want it? <laughs> he took it and went off. I told Terry I should have given him 10. He would have taken it for 10. It's probably a stolen bike or something. But anyway, Pastor almost had a fit. Quit bringing those things up in my sermons. You want me to tell you about your going off thing? Anyway, we got into this. Pray, yeah, pray for people. Was it night? I could tell you guys where it was. Remember when we were in the upstairs place? How many remember the upstairs place? How many around that corner was that bar? How many remember that bar? It was noisy. The cops used to come all the time. So that's right where it was at this crosswalk that was on um, Broadway. Who stares around at anything that's in there at night? You want to get out of there, quite frankly. I was probably praying okay. So stop bugging me right now. Cast down those imaginations, okay? I'll never forget, I'll never hear the end of this. Never. Never. That's okay. God didn't know about it. The guy got his 20 bucks, probably the most 20 bucks he had in a long time. Philippians 4.19. I still say he was in the wrong. I know John would agree with them, huh? Yeah. There, there, yeah. I hardly been it. <laughs> Terry was laughing. <laughs> oh Lord and my God will liberally supply fill to the full your every need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus okay I'm going to go up here but I have your full payment and more I have everything I need and am amply supplied now that I have received from Ephrodites the gifts you sent me they are a fragrant odor and an offering and a sacrifice which God welcomes and in which he delights. And my God will liberally supply, fill to the full, your every need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And I will tell you, God is more than, I can't even, hundredfold that 48,000 that we had to put in the ministry in the beginning. I mean... He's over and abundantly supplied and supplied and supplied and supplied. Amen. Okay. Um, God's grace is sufficient. We all know that. We better. Ephesians 2 8. <laughs> I can't believe you brought that up. Right in the middle of my sermon. Isn't it a good thing we can laugh in church? For, your sa for by grace you are saved through faith and not of yourself. It is a gift of God. For it is, 
It is free grace, God's unmerited favor, that you are saved, delivered from judgment, and made partakers of Christ's salvation. And your faith and this salvation is not of yourselves, of your own doing, but it came not through your own striving, but it is a gift of God. Thank God. Oh, let's go down to 10. For, we, for you are God's own handiwork. You, each one of you. Dan, you're God's handiwork. You ever look in the mirror in the morning and say, I am God's handiwork. Hallelujah. Oh, whenever you, ladies, when you get your makeup on, maybe you might feel better. I, sometimes on Sunday mornings, I go look in the mirror and go, praise God. Makeup does wonders. Thank you, Jesus. Um, for I am God's own handiwork, his workmanship. You guys are recreated, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life, living the good life. Do you know you're supposed to live a good life? which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. So if you're not living a good life, you need to go back and say, okay, God, this is what your word says. You prearranged it for me to live it. What it where is it that I'm missing it? I need to be living this life that you promised. Amen? Because you promised it. How many have ever done that with God when things are going rough? God, you promised this. Is there, is there something that I'm missing and I'm off in? Trust me, there always is. <laughs> he just tells me, make it right and get it straight and move on. Hallelujah. Okay. In 1 Corinthians 10, 13. We're getting out of here early tonight. I'll just tell you what happened. The kids skip out on us. Pardon? Well, they're each having a good time driving their parents wild. <laughs> their parents will be grateful and send them next week. Amen. I never have told you. I don't know. Maybe I have this story about I was married to my ex-husband, and I used to send him to church on Sunday mornings because... Now, you're going to laugh. Did I ever tell you this story? I used to send him to church on Sunday mornings because we wanted to sleep in. Well, they came home one Sunday morning and started talking about the devil. The devil? You're talking about the devil? There is no devil. You know, if you've got demons in you, you don't want to believe there's a devil. There's no devil, and you're not going back. Well, guess who suffered the most? One them. I always think of that, about that, you know, when parents are pushing their kids out to go. It does them good to keep them home one time. Anyway, so how sad. If I only would have listened at that time, I probably would have been a good Baptist. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it wouldn't have worked for me. I would have been thrown out too wild. Second Corinthians. <laughs> did I say first? Okay, First Corinthians ten thirteen. You're right. I did, sir. Kind sir. Kind husband. Shall I jump off my camel and run? You. 
1 Corinthians 10, 13. <laughs> That'd be a sight. Just thinking about this, that is a sight. Um, four, no temptation, no trial regarded as enticing to sin. No matter how it comes or where it leads has overtaken you and laid hold on you that is not common to man. Sometimes we go through stuff and we think we're the only ones that have ever gone through it. Or the only one that's ever been tempted in that way. Trust me, it's all been common to man. Okay. And he can be trusted not to let you be tempted and tried and assayed beyond your ability and strength, uh, and strength of resistance and power to endure. But with the temptation, he will always provide the way out, that me the means of escape to a landing place that you may be capable and strong and powerful to bear up under it patiently. Praise God. Every time, you know, people get, go, Oh, this is horrible. I can't take anymore. Good night. We have not seen anything yet as Christians in other countries and some in our countries where their heads are being cut off. And, and we cannot stand a situation anymore. I hate to say this. It says, um, neither murmur in verse 10 as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all things happen unto them for examples and they are written for our admonition unto whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore he let, a, let him who think he stands take heed lest he fall. There hath no temptation taken you but such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but with the temptation, also make a way of escape, that you may be able to bear it. So God's promising, no matter what you go through, there's a way out. Thank God. Yeah. See, that guy got 20 bucks. It was his way out, he probably needed money. He's never gonna let me live that down. Therefore, my dearly beloved, Shun, now listen, 14, keep clear away from, avoid, flight, if need be, any sort of idolatry of loving or ven venerating anything more than God. In other words, get away from anything that's going to try to make you love it more than God. Anything. Thank God. Well, I think that we got to end on a good note. Daniel 6.16. Then we are done. Have we ever told them if we don't show up that that means the bus isn't running or something? Yeah. Good. Yeah. Guys, maybe you needed to hear this tonight. Okay. Then the king commanded, and Daniel was brought and cast into the den of lions. The king said to Daniel, 
May your God, whom you are serving, continually deliver you. May your God, who you are serving, deliver you. And we know what happened. Those hungry lions, they didn't bother him all night long. I mean, he was cast into the den. Um, a stone was brought and laid upon the mouth of the den. And the king sealed it with his own signet. The Lord went to his palace and passed the night fasting. <laughs> Neither were instruments of music or dancing girls brought before him, and his sleep fled from him. The, rose, the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste to the den of lions. And when he heard, came to the den, to Daniel, he cried out with a voice of anguish. King said, the king said to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, is your God whom you serve continually able to deliver you from the kings? And Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth so they would not hurt me because I was found innocent and blameless before you and also before you, O king. As you well know, I have done no harm or wrong. I mean, this old king stayed up fasting all night long. Good. God protected Daniel. Then we know what happened. Those that were wrong got thrown in there and they ate them all. Good story to tell kids. I like to teach kids. You tell them the real wild parts of the story and your voice gets louder and louder. <laughs> I'm going to teach them. All right. If you, Father, we just pray over the tithes and offerings. <clears throat>